things just really start to shift. So there the practice becomes polarity or difference. And that's where space is huge. Space is a great tool for polarity yeah. in the sense of even just going away for two hours for a men's group. Um, when I come back, there's more polarity in our yeah. relationship. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Men. This one is um, special, obviously, because I'm back with my friend Jason. Welcome back to the podcast. Excited to be back. (laughs) I love Jason episodes. Um, And it's also special because uh, it is a listener-generated idea. So I was talking to one of my listeners, and uh, she mentioned an idea about... um, navigating personal space versus together time. I thought this was a really good topic. And what she said was, uh, becoming part of a couple is its own individual life journey that's really hard even with the right person. Um, and we chatted a little bit about that concept of how you navigate space needing time alone versus time with your partner. And she said, yeah, it definitely requires knowing yourself and being in tune with your own moods being able to communicate that to your partner and also receiving that information without shame. So I think that is a pretty good summary of of this whole thing, which is if you're actually going to be able to negotiate it well, it's going to require A, knowing I need time alone. I need some time alone. I need some space. B, sharing that information, not just going away, for example, (laughs) and maybe triggering the other person. And, And C, did I say one, two, three, or ABC? Okay. Anyway, C, <laughs> also being able to receive that from your partner. So there's several elements to cover. Um, but I would just love to know, I'm so, super curious in your own journey, how this has gone for you in particular, because you're a pretty strong introvert and I'm a pretty strong extrovert. And I would imagine that you, I'm, I'm imagining that you have attracted some extroverts in the past and your current partner is pretty extroverted. So how, what, what has that, how has this journey been for you in terms of space versus togetherness? It's definitely been a journey. Um, the first thing that comes up is that there's a tangible difference between this and a relationship I was in previously. Um, this being your current relationship. Yeah. My current relationship and the one I was in previously, we were kind of both introverts. Um, in space, well, I was I was actually the more extroverted in that relationship, which was interesting. Mm. So there would be times where I would want a little more time with people and she would want less. And that was a struggle because I'd want to stay out mm-hmm. or I'd want to go do something. And that was hard for her. Did she feel rejected? Often. Okay. Yeah, yeah totally. In that, in that instance. Yeah. Um, the, my current relationship with Violet, our marriage is a little different in that um, she's super extroverted. I'm at most an ambivert, if not mostly an introvert, unless certain people are around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this might be one way of putting it. But I'm way more comfortable with alone time and space. Um, 
And I'd say what I've noticed the most in this relationship is we've actually been pretty lucky that we don't have to like consciously take too much space because we're both really active in doing things, which naturally creates space. Mm. Meaning um, I was gone for five days, came back just Monday night and then two days later, she's gone because mm-hmm. uh, she's doing her own thing. Yeah. So you each do, you do a lot of retreats. You both have mentors. You're, you travel a lot. You're away and apart a lot doing lots of activities. Yes. And that creates a lot of space. And that was something we've learned to navigate throughout our relationship. Um, and we've kind of found our rituals for how to stay connected during those times, you know, during the times you're apart, during the times you're apart. Um, you know, it's a great, it's actually a great time for that. Cause something like FaceTime or video chat, it goes a long way to just having a quick check-in, making eye contact, reestablishing connection. Those really important, um, elements of keeping secure attachment alive. Mm-hmm. And it's something I think is uh, you know, as a guy that leads men's, men's work, it, I think it's also just profoundly important um, for for that space to happen. And it's one of the reasons I encourage all men to be in a men's group is it becomes a way to take space with intention at the same time, where it's not so much like, hey, I need to get away from you. It's I'm going to be with my men, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which creates some difference and some space in the relationship naturally. Yeah. And offloads, so to speak, some of the processing. Mm. <laughs> so it's not all just on the couple. Yeah. But you can, you know, relate and have emotions held and have your experience held by other people, which I think is really important. Yeah. Especially for men who tend to be more isolated. Like, I don't think I've said this on the podcast before, but I was recently looking at a statistic that said that 50% of men over the age of 18 cannot identify a best friend. So half of men can't identify someone that's their best friend, someone they can confide in, someone they can be close to that has their back, that they feel like they can really process with. And that's, I don't think the same at all for women. I think a lot of women have more friends that they can really rely on and look to for support. And just men are just so much more isolated in our culture. So if you're a guy out there, I see you and I care. If you don't have a best friend, I'll be your best friend. No, just kidding. That won't help. <laughs> um, there's something special about men and male friendships and Absolutely. having men that can support you and be, have your back. Like that's part of why you advocate for the men's group because, well, what would you say? I'm curious in that, in terms of that, like, why is that important for men? Cause there are also men who are like, I have a best friend, but she's a woman. You know, what's, what's different about a man? Um, I mean, for one, like there's, there's biochemistry to it, which is, is, is a real thing. Um, in that, um, you know, men hanging out with men tends to increase testosterone in those men mm-hmm. and they connect and relate in different ways, you know, more wrestling, more shit talking, more challenge, more force, which does something to a man's nervous system. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can absolutely say that, that it's part of the, you know, we've talked about this before, kind of the evolutionary tradition of like it's in most tribal cultures, the men would go away 
they go out on the hunt yeah. sometimes for days or yeah. weeks at a time. Yeah. Um, and in that awayness, you know, something happens to our nervous systems, time out in nature, time with other men. There's not necessarily as much talking, just a lot more men being mm-hmm. and exerting themselves and bonding through doing, which is a really important thing for men. Um, we tend to bond a lot through doing so having something like a men's group creates a space for that. Even mm. if it's relational practice, you're doing something. You know, we're doing men's group. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which I think is really important. And like I said, it, it, cre- it starts to create a, a space where you can go to have just a little difference from your partner. Mm-hmm. And be able to get supported and challenged. I, I've probably talked about this before, but I can't tell you how many times I've been in a men's group where myself or someone comes in with something that is charged that they're ready to have have it out with their partner have it out with their partner a deep engagement around around something and then you know share with the men and then the men give them feedback like uh actually sounds more like you yeah like maybe you're not setting a boundary and that's why her parents are coming again thanksgiving or whatever and then there's usually like an aha and oh my god wow i don't have to go have that fight because now i see what's really beneath that and i can go home and and um, see my part of it and see my part of it and have a good connection with my partner instead which is really important i think really really important um and yeah, there's just, you know, it's such a subtle thing, but it's hard to describe, but there's just a certain freedom that comes from being around other men. Mm. You know, there just is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because of the the biology piece, but there's a, a relaxation that happens in the system, I think, mm. particularly when there's no women present. Yeah. Um, so you're saying you hate girls now. Yeah. Kidding. And obviously this is for, this is for us, you know, straight men, Yeah. but there's absolutely men who are in men's groups that are gay yeah. and have different experiences of that, that I can't speak to myself, mm-hmm. but, uh, I've been in men's group with men like that. And there's just something about the energy of men being together mm-hmm. that even for the gay men, I know shifts something mm-hmm. and relaxes something mm-hmm. and just like brings it down a level and, and deepens, um, our presence. Yeah, it's interesting that the this discussion about personal space versus uh, together time has brought us here because I think it's similar for women where there's just something about being with other women that is relaxing in a way that isn't true uh, with your partner or with a mixed group. Like there's something nourishing about just an all women's space. Totally. And yeah, and I and so I'm wondering if that's true for both partners. What like if you so if you have like a men's group that you're going to like every other week, that's great. And and there's a 13 other days in you know between those. If in terms of like negotiating alone time versus together time, like what do you recommend to the guys that you work with in terms of how to sh- how to say that to a partner? Because I think one of the reasons we don't do it very much in relationship, like they're like, oh, can I come over tonight? What are you doing? Say you're dating. Yeah. The tendency is like, yeah, of course, sure, come over. Yeah. It's really hard to say, actually, I need some alone time, right? It's one thing if you have an event or if there's a reason, quote unquote reason, that, that the person can't come over. But if there is no reason and you're like, I just kind of want a night to myself, like what, it's so hard to say that. Like, what do you recommend to the guys that you work with about how to say that? Um, 
well, first and foremost, you do have to say it if it's true. And that I think, you know, that frame that's true for me and I've seen for guys I've talked to is it's a shift from quantity to quality in the sense of you can have, I've hung out with partners seven days a week and totally not been there with them. Truth be told. Yes. So like, you were, we're physically present, but you weren't fully present yeah, with her. We're in the same okay. room. We're maybe just vegging out on TV, something, but I'm not really fully there as deeply as I could be. And sometimes as a man and particularly as an introverted one, I need a little space. To Absolutely. Just drop in and deepen in myself. And the benefit of that, though, is that when I do next see my partner, I'm way more there. Mm-hmm. Way more there. It's a much deeper connection. It's a much more present connection. Mm-hmm. So in some sense, you know, one frame would be, it's, it's actually a way to take care of our partner and ourselves at the same time of, wow, I can, I'll be able to be more available for you and really be there for you. And I'm really excited to see you Tuesday night. If But tonight I just need some time to myself. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I remember in our in the program we run for men, there was a guy who uh, said something similar to a girl pretty early on in their yeah. dating. It wasn't very long into the really quote unquote relationship. They weren't exclusive, et cetera. And I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, but he said something like, "I really need the night to myself to recharge." Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing you this weekend or something like that. And I was so impressed with that because I was like, I would think that was hot. Like if I, like if if I was dating a guy and he said that, like I would personally think that that was hot. Um, not if I could, not if I sense it was shady and he was actually seeing another woman, that's not what I'm talking about. Like if I can sense that he's like, I really like you and I really need tonight to myself. (laughs) Like I just, I really need that. I would think that was really sexy. And I'm imagining that, you know, a lot of times the incentive to not say something is fear. Like we're afraid the person's going to be like, well, fine then go fuck yourself. Like, Oh, you don't want to see me? Like, well then fuck you. And much of the time that is not the case. Some of the time it is the case, but it's kind of a litmus test, right? If you say it to the person and they freak out, that's pretty good information about, who they are and what stage of development they're at versus like, I get it. Even if it's like, I get it, I'm disappointed, but I like that you are taking time. That's a good response, right? There's a healthy way of responding to it. And then an unhealthy way that makes you feel like bad in your stomach. That's beautifully put that I think, I think the fear is in the actual result sometimes is, is a conflation of rejection and space. That I need space is experienced by the other person is, oh, you don't want me. Mm. You don't want to spend time with me, which is not necessarily true at all. Mm-hmm. It can be very opposite, actually, of I like you so much. I need some space so I can connect to myself more so I can be even more present with you. Like, yeah. It's just that simple. Or mm-hmm. I know how, um, you know, I'm I'm aware enough to know of how I need to take care of myself so I don't you know, blow this up. (laughs) Something as simple as that, you know, if I'm stressed out or fried or something like that. And at my capacity, it's important to be able to set a boundary and be like, Hey, I need some space tonight. Or, you know, it's really important for me tonight to sit at home and do my taxes so I can be done with that. And we can have an amazing weekend, Yeah, you know, two weeks from now or whatever that might be. Yeah. Um, I think that's a hugely important practice and it, 
amazing litmus test. An amazing litmus test. Yeah. Because it tells you so much. I I think the 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 less codependent a relationship is, the more room there is for space. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's really where the, it's almost like this this skill is part of how to not become codependent. Because yes. it, it, it feels to me like in modern relationships, if you're not, it's kind of like inertia or whatever it is. Like if you're not actively uh, making sure you don't become codependent, the, the inertia almost pushes to that. Mm-hmm. Like there's a way that, especially, you know, once you move in together and we're pretty isolated from our families in the U.S., uh, there, the, you know, culturally there used to be just more people around, more village feel, and then now it's very isolating. So it's way too easy to just yeah. move in and watch Netflix and just be together constantly. Totally. Like, unless you're at work, you're with your partner. And that's part of why, you me- you know, you mentioned uh, men's groups or other intentional places we go outside the relationship for connection, yep. right? Because it's one thing to go to a networking event, but it's another to go to a men's group. Like, you know, one, you're going to get deep connection and really good questions and walk away feeling nourished in a way that you're maybe not going to get from a networking event. So it's Mm -hmm. not just doing something outside the house. Like it's important to have like connection events outside the house. Totally depth. Yeah. It's really great. Um, so is there anything else that you would recommend for guys that are, you know, basically what I heard you say was, first of all, it's important to say something. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, if you know you need the time alone, it's important to say something and not just let it ride. Yeah. And I'm imagining that part of that is because if you let it ride, you might also build up resentment. To- totally. And I mean, a piece of that first is, you know, man or woman is just identifying what kind of recharge time and space you need. You know, introvert, extrovert mm-hmm. is one we often all know. And us introverts tend to recharge when we're alone. So we actually need time alone to recharge and um that's super important to identify because if if you don't know it your partner's probably not going to know it and you're going to spend all this time with each other and eventually there's going to be some kind of friction or explosion yeah you're not going to know why it's like oh i just need time apart and there's there's another uh frame that i wanted to talk about which um i imagine at some point you'll probably have her on the podcast she'd be great but uh, Kendra Kunov, who's a teacher we know, she has this great blog post about um, space being the sixth love language. Mm. And I think maybe introverts, maybe just a blend of people, but I think for some people they just need more space. Yeah. I, just re- I really think they do. And that they feel loved when their partner provides that space. And allows and gifts them that space. Yeah. It's like actually a way to take care of your partner is like, yeah, go do that weekend with your men or go go on retreat or just go be in the garage for the day. It's like, that's fine. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be fine. Yeah. I have my women to call or my other friends or whatever that might be. Instead of guilting that person. Exactly. Why are you spending so much time in the garage? Why don't you want to see me? Why aren't we having dinner? Yep. That's not doing that. It doesn't okay. help. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't help. But so those, those are two frames, you know, introvert and extrovert, and even space is a love language. That's important for you to take responsibility for and identify. Yeah. Like what are your needs around that? And, and play with it, too. Like, actually test. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I did, I did, I'm going to try just hanging out by myself Monday night and mm-hmm. see how that feels. Yeah. Um, and see if it recharges you. Um, 
this also then leads into there's the the space is very related to polarity and mm-hmm. this is a an arc we've talked about a lot in our yeah. course of really what most relationships go through and where I've seen a lot of friction and tension and you know experience shifts myself in that when you first start out in a relationship oftentimes you're just dating and when you first meet someone there's tons of difference and what I mean by that is there's a lot of unknowns mm-hmm. you don't know everything about the person you yep. spend a lot of time away from each other yep. like everything is kind of new and different every interaction for like for for um and a different long time. by difference you mean polarity which yes. in this case a lot of i think the lay term is like chemistry there's so much chemistry yes, totally. right which is there's a lot of difference between you and me there's a lot of uncertainty that creates chemistry and you know associated with sexual chemistry like there's a lot of yep. fire and natural natural curiosity as well because even when you're dating let's say maybe you see each other three nights a week if there's time in between that's time apart and so when you go and meet your partner, you're like, hey, what's been going on what for you the last two yeah, days? How was work? How was work? Right. You did and you're genuinely interested because you haven't seen seen each other. Um, and so there's there's tons of difference and in some sense a lot of space oftentimes earlier in a relationship, both emotional space and physical space in that there's just not everything is super tight and fused yet. Um, but what you need to, you know, the work early in a relationship is attachment theory is yeah. the... How do we come together and create safety and connection? And um, sameness. And sameness. A quality exactly. of sameness. Sameness. Yeah. Get aligned with our values, what we're wanting, how we think about things, how we move. Bonding. Move through things, literally wiring up our nervous systems with each other to feel trustable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard work. You know, that's often hard work. And that's where a lot of early relationships go wrong, where you're trying to get clarity about values. I want this. You want that. And there's friction there and there's not enough safety or attachment mm-hmm. and things blow up. Yeah. Um, but there's a shift. There's almost always a, a, a shift where the, you know, you can imagine it as a giant X and things switch and there is usually be a, you know, a type of commitment like marriage or mm-hmm. probably more than anything else, just moving in. Cohabitation. Yeah. Literally Cohabitation. Just yeah. Moving into the same space, yeah. I think is a major switch point where suddenly you have tons of sameness. Attachment becomes very easy. You're touching each other multiple times a day, making eye contact, constantly talking with each other. You know where each other are almost all the time because if you're leaving the house, someone tells you there's so much sameness. Um, which can come with comfort, yes, stability, oxytocin, which is a bonding hormone, but not as much polarity. Yeah, it it it's where a lot of people lose sexy time, like mm-hmm. like real like charge, um, and, and sex, and it becomes almost becomes more like the you become a lot more like friends. Mm-hmm. You're in the same space. You're not always having, you know, you friends, can't have roommates. sex all day long. Right. So a lot of times things become transactional and you're just talking about, you're just talking to each other yeah. about things. Like roommates. Yep. And your friends groups start to become the same and that adds more sameness. Yep. And things just really start to shift. So there the practice becomes polarity or difference. And that's where space is huge. Space is a great tool for polarity yeah. in the sense of, even just going away for two hours for a men's group, um, when I come back, there's more polarity in our yeah. relationship. Because I, I was literally out of the house, which creates a space. I had a different experience. So there's a natural like, oh, what was your evening like? What was your evening like? You know, in terms of men's work, 
it often changes my biochemistry. My testosterone goes up a little bit more. I drop into myself a little bit more. So there's more chemistry when we come back. And it really becomes an, an important and conscious tool, I think, for building that. Mm-hmm. And, and not, in some sense, not worrying about it, but starting to celebrate it and use it consciously of like, mm. oh, yeah, this can be really fun for us if I go on a five-day retreat. Because mm-hmm. then, you know, I've noticed time and time again, there's there's nothing like that feeling of just you know, maybe two days in where you're just suddenly, boom, oh, I'm longing to see my partner Yeah. in a way that when you're with each other 24-7 all day long, yeah. it's actually kind of really hard to long to see your partner. <laughs> it, it is. I saw this really interesting study once about sexual polarity. They didn't call it that. I forget what they called it. Uh, maybe it was just frequency of sex or something like that. And they said they did a study with consultants because management consultants will often be on projects where they're gone Monday through Thursday. So they'll live in San Francisco, but they'll be on a project in Chicago. They'll leave every Sunday night. They'll be gone. They'll come back Thursday night. They'll have three days at home, sometimes two days at home. And they said those were the relationships where the sex was like, quote unquote, the best or the most frequent. And I think it's because of this, because the polarity was um, almost artificially... Uh, drawn out. So this might have been a biochemical study about, um, there's a very famous cliff, like the dopamine cliff in, in relationships where right around the two year mark, dopamine drops significantly in a bonded pair of people. So two people who are having sex right around two years, the dopamine will go down and a lot of relationships will fail right around two years. If you don't have the bonding to back it up, that's, that's when the sexual chemistry tends to descend. Um, it can be it can be maintained if you if you're putting attention on it. It's not like the kiss of death, but if you're really unconscious and you're just having a relationship and you have no idea, then this this often happens. And I think the this was an extension, like with management consultants, what they saw was that dopamine kept kept going. That if you oh, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. had regular time apart, and four days a week is a lot of time yeah. apart, four to five depending on the project. That's pretty significant. It's not exactly like someone that's in the military that gets deployed because they're on a deployment and then they're back or like a um, people that I know that have dated guys in the Navy, they're gone for six to nine months and then they're back. Yeah. That also d- does something to the polarity, but even regular time apart during the week, extended time apart during the week, absolutely affects polarity. It totally makes sense too. I mean, particularly, um, particularly you know, if it's a man leaving, if he's going on a job to get shit done, again, it, like they have crazy studies that like checking things off a checklist for a man increases testosterone. Mm. Like the feeling of accomplishment. Increases testosterone. Increases testosterone. Like I went and did something when I come home. <laughs> right. Uh, versus, you know, one of the, one of the um, other pieces of the cohabitation is like touch and continually bonding actually decreases testosterone mm. and increases, um, I think it's oxytocin. I think it's oxytocin, yeah. Yeah, so um, in some sense, the more you're just touching each other throughout the day, mm-hmm. the more your testosterone is kind of going down as a man, and it actually depolarizes. Yeah. It lowers the charge. Yeah. So then it, you actually have to really practice 
to create some sexual charge and yeah. juice and energy in the way that just comes naturally when you're first dating and you're seeing each other maybe every other day, maybe a couple times a week, and there's that space, and it's just like, wow, you see each other, you just can't wait to get into the bedroom. It's yeah. just like explosion. Yeah. And then when you're living together, in some sense, all that cuddling, it actually doesn't necessarily serve the sexual polarity. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't not to say that's not a bad thing. It just means you have to start to more and more consciously and intention with intention do polarity practices yeah. and take space. Yeah, and just take space and be okay with that. Yeah, it occurs to me that this is a it it is a wise thing to have a conscious conversation <laughs> with your partner about space and about how each of you can make it safe for the other person to take that space. Because yeah. really that's what it is for me is I feel like I'm remembering my last relationship. There was like a Sunday night or something when I was like, I kind of just want to read. Like I just kind of want to stay in and read and not see him. And we, I think we had tentative plans or I can't remember exactly how it worked, but I was so worried that if I said, I kind of just want to stay in and read that he would be offended that I would like jeopardize what we'd created. Cause we weren't, we hadn't been dating that long and I can't remember exactly what happened. Um, but I remember feeling a little guilty because I was like, I feel like this isn't very responsible. I should, I should say something. I should say, actually, I kind of want to read, but I feel like I have to come up with something better. Like mm-hmm. I have to come up with a reason to say I want space. So It's actually, but if we had had, if we had had that conversation of like, Hey, how can we both make it safe for each other? I would have felt a lot more comfortable even just having a brief conversation of like, we've been dating for a little while and I really love seeing you. And sometimes I need to take space. And I'm sure that's true for you too. Like, you know, what can we do to help each other feel safe doing that? That's, I think that's great. And it's an opportunity to create rituals too for auto how do we part and mm-hmm. how do we reconnect? When we when, what together? do you mean when you say rituals? Um, in the sense of like, yeah, is there a ritual around, oh, I'm going off for the evening and how we say goodbye, mm. even as simple as that, and return as well. You mm-hmm. know, that's a, that's a powerful one that Violet and I have is, yeah, we have a, you know, what... <laughs> I don't know what the, the equivalent would be, but you know how guys have their fancy handshakes and yeah. da, 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 da. we have our ritual for greeting each other. Like, is it a fancy handshake? It's not a fancy handshake. <laughs> it's a it's a kiss and a butt squeeze and a okay. tight embrace. Oh, that's how we reconnect when yeah. we've been apart. Yeah, and that like reestablishes that connection after space and after hmm. time apart. So we know that'll come. I like in our that. Relationship, which yeah, it's uh, like a reintroduction to each other if one of us has been gone. Yeah, um, which I think is really important. And yeah, those, those conversations, that's great. It's a great frame to just, how do I make this safe for the other person? Yeah. How do I make this safe for you? And how can you make it safe for me? Because everybody goes through this. I mean, this, this, this question of how do you negotiate space versus together time? Like we're all humaning. We're all like everyone, (laughs) everyone that's been in any relationship can relate to that. I don't think there's anyone. And I've never officially lived with a man before, but even in my you know, hardcore dating relationships, it's, it has come up. Like you start to feel it. (laughs) It's like a real thing. And the more conscious awareness we can bring to it in terms of how we can both help each other, I think the better. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's so nice. 
Yeah. And it's a way to take care of each other as well. Because, you know, another practice you can start to do is notice when each other aren't really there. Yeah. You know, like, oh, hey, you know, I, I've, we're here, but I don't really feel you here with me. I'm just curious what's going on. Or do you need, you know, would it be useful for you to have a night with your girls? Yeah. Like that simple. Yep. Or a night with your book. Or a night with your book. Yeah. Or, you know, do you want to go to the spa? Like, yeah. that's okay with me. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather have you be nourished and lit up and present when we're together than, you know, exhausted and worn out and needing to take care of yourself in some way that I can't necessarily do while we're with each other. Yeah, that's so a good point. So I think it's another practice for each other to, to even try to tune in. And then, I mean, what a great gift, right? What a great surprise, too, for someone who's like, hey, I know you had a really long week. I booked you a massage in an hour at the spa. Um, your Uber's coming. Aww. You know, something as simple as that would be a beautiful mm, That's a really gift. sweet. Especially, I think, for my experience of introverts, um, thinking in particularly of a family member who is a strong introvert, uh, that when when she doesn't get enough alone time, she gets really irritable. Like, like it's not always, uh, obvious that it's like, I need alone time. It's more like, Oh, you're, you're being kind of mean. And, and I feel like it's because like, we've had guests all weekend. You had work, you had a ton of meetings at work. Like you've just been peopling for yeah. a lot of days and you need some time to recharge, totally. like not telling her what she needs, but I, I know her really well. So I can say like, Oh, like, Let's, let's give her some space to like, just, let's just leave the house and give her like the whole afternoon to cook, you know, and just be, be just be alone yeah. and recharge a little bit because I can, I'm like, ah, ha, I see the warning signs, like too yeah. much peopling for my introvert. Like, uh, it's just a good thing to have your attention on. It's a great way to, again, take care of your partner to notice that and start to feel them and what yeah. they need and be open to that and maybe even create rituals around it again of mm. like, oh, you know, Friday nights are girls night and guys night or yep. I go see a movie alone and you can have the house. You know, yep. That's another thing too, is sometimes, you know, sometimes as much as you love someone, there's a certain joy at being home alone. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. There's totally. like a freedom in that. I think, you know, both violent and I have felt sometimes it's just nice Yeah. when you just have your own space to yourself and then, um, your partner comes back and you get to bring them back into that. But Oh, totally. You can leave dishes in the sink. You can like, right. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You can do whatever you want. Those little things that are like things are your things you can do for that small period of time. (laughs) Right. I really like that because I know a lot of couples have a ritual around date night, but I also like the idea of alone night or something like space space night night. (laughs) or or, yeah. Friends night or whatever it might be. Or plus, you know, the other great thing about space is it gives you room to not all have to like all the same things. Yeah, good And not point. have to drag your partner along to something that they just don't enjoy. Yeah. That they just don't enjoy. Like That's I've, a really good I've point. been there. I've had I've made partners be there, you know. Sometimes I'll drag Violet to things like that and there's those mm-hmm. moments where it's like, "Oh, it actually probably would have been nicer of me to just bring a friend who really likes this." Yeah. You know, or or vice versa. Um so again, it's an, another way to just take care of your partner. That's a great point. I am actually, yeah, I'm imagining that conversation of like, Hey, I want to go to this film. I know you're not really into indie flicks. Um, I want you to feel like you can say, I'd rather not, I'd rather just stay in with my book. Like I want, you know, prefacing it with that instead of like, Hey, I'm thinking of going with a friend of like, I'd love to give you this night off if you want it. 
I you know, mean, just having the awareness huge. of that. Yeah, Absolutely. I really and, like that. You know, I've, I I went to Guns N' Roses like that. A friend of mine invited me because his wife wasn't into Guns N' Roses. We had a great time. It was awesome. <laughs> and then he went home super happy and excited to see his wife. Yeah. And, and, and you too. And I'm she was super happy. She didn't have to go sit in Dodger <laughs> Stadium for three hours, you know. <laughs> so it was a win-win-win. Oh, win. It's so true. All right. So as we wrap this up, is there anything else that you feel compelled to share about negotiating this connection versus space? Um, it's an art, you know, like so many things. But better to... I think another thing is better to presence it as early as you can as well, to become aware of it. Yeah. And then it's not like, well, you never said that before. You mm-hmm. know, they can imagine how that would be. But just that, hey, yeah, you know what? I, I just know I need alone time sometimes. Yeah. Like I, I know sometimes, sometimes I just really love going to movies alone. Yeah. Like it's just my ultimate bliss. Mm-hmm. I love going with my partner, but there's some movies I'm like, hey, you don't want to see those. And I just want to go and not have to worry about anyone. Yeah. And it's a, you know, beautiful, beautiful thing. And that's something we established early on. Yeah. Which, which I think is great as well. It's a good point. I also imagine, yeah, having, having the conversation perhaps at some point, not at a, at a moment that you need the time exactly. could be cool. Like you're just, you know, out to dinner. You're like, uh, I, you know, I've had this come up in past relationships about alone time and, um, this is what I notice I need sometimes. How about you? And then having it be an exchange. Amazing. Instead of just, yeah. You're going to be in the cutting edge <laughs> if you're dating and you do that early on. Well, you're already cutting edge because yeah. you listen to this yeah, podcast. That's, that's Let's true. be real. You're going to drop it to another level because that's <laughs> advanced in all the best ways. Like what a gift to bring to, yeah. to you, whoever you're seeing. That's really true. Awesome. Well, I think that wraps this up. Fantastic. Let us know what you think. That wraps up another episode of Dear Men. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach out, we would love to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Dear Men Podcast. That's at Dear Men Podcast. Or Facebook, we have a group, Dear Men Podcast. We also have an email address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to join the Big Sexy Dataset, the community of people who regularly respond to the surveys that we talk about on this podcast, just email us at that address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com, and we will set you up. Have a sexy day.